being in debt is embarrassing. But when you look at it, there are a lot of people in debt and a lot of people that don't know how they're going to get out of debt. If if I had heard a story like this when I was in my 30s, right at the height of having all that credit card debt, I may have joined Green Path faster. I may have started sooner because knowing that someone else is going through exactly what you're going through and that they are conquering it is a is a huge huge encouragement well, welcome back hero welcome to episode 22 of real stories journeys of financial wellness i'm your host crystal lugazima It's the holiday season, and today's story starts with an envelope that was received right before Christmas, and with it, an opportunity to give generously to our guests' loved ones. But as you'll soon learn, what started as a gesture of kindness snowballed into a mountain of debt. But of course, our podcast is about climbing those mountains. Let's meet Lavelle and hear his journey of financial wellness. Lavelle, welcome to Real Stories. So glad you could join us here today. Um, before we get into your your journey getting into and out of debt, I wanted to go a little bit further back um, and learn a little bit about what did you uh, learn about money growing up? All right. Well, first of all, thank you. This is an awesome platform, awesome opportunity. And I appreciate you, Chris, for even allowing me to be on. I am excited to tell my story, which honestly is a little embarrassing. But I think it's going to help people. All right. Coming up, um, my mother was very knowledgeable about money and she taught me well about money. She really poured into me. We weren't we were not the richest people (laughs) uh, in Detroit, you know, but uh, my mother had a pretty good handle on money. um, And she was the one who really kind of instilled those type of values in me. And as we'll talk more, you will see that as I got older, I began to want to do things my way and not really listen to the good advice that my mother was giving. So it was kind of in the back of your mind. I imagine you had this moment of like, wow, she was, she was right all along, but I guess. Yes. Took you a while to get there. So, um, which brings us to the story of your first credit card. How did that come about? Yeah, so I was a teenager. I was 18 or 19 years old and received a credit card in the mail, unsolicited. I didn't apply for a credit card. They just mailed it to me. And just to show how strategic it was, they sent it to me three weeks before Christmas. That particular year, I was Santa Claus. I was swiping like a ninja. I was just swipe, swipe, swipe. Everybody had a gift that year. You know, and my limit, I believe at the time was a thousand dollars, which to an 18 or 19 year old was just this astronomical amount of money. And I went all out. Everybody had gifts. I had gifts. And I very quickly got that limit up to a thousand dollars. 
so how did the creditor react uh, when you quickly got up to the limit? Well, I'm sure they were clapping somewhere in a room, <laughs> but um, what I did was I requested a credit line increase so that I wouldn't be right at that limit. And they very freely gave it to me and I quickly reached that limit. And then I requested another and another and another. And that one credit card. Now, this, of course, was over the course of about maybe 10, 12 years or so. But I ended up getting that the highest limit they gave me. This is this is the part where I was talking about. It's a little embarrassing was twenty five thousand dollars. Now, I got up to that limit and, you know, with the fees tacked on because I couldn't afford to pay the uh, the amount that they were sending me, which was the minimal amount that 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 number kept rising and it got almost up to thirty thousand dollars for one card. And by this time, I had about maybe five other cards that had about five thousand dollar limits on those. And I was very, very close to maxing all of those out as well. As this was evolving, is it something that was very obvious to you that it was starting to reach a point of creating difficulty in your finances? Or was it one of those where you had a, you just woke up one day and realized, wow, this is, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. I think it kind of was in my mind, all the training that my mother gave me, everything that she poured into me, was there ringing in the back of my head. But in my mind, my thought was, oh, I can handle this. So at the time I was living with my mom and she gave me some responsibility. So I was paying some bills, but I didn't have like a house note and uh, a car note. My um, my grandparents uh, blessed me with a car. My, my grandfather worked for Chrysler. So they gave me a car. So I didn't I didn't have a lot of other bills to pay except the few that my mom gave me just to teach me how to be responsible and how to pay bills. But that thought was in my head. You know, I, I, I know I'm, I feel like I'm getting in trouble here, <laughs> but I can handle it. Yeah. But what, what happened was over the course of the years, paying the minimal amount on the other credit cards I could handle, but that main credit card, that first one that was almost $30,000, that Payment alone, Chris, was about $650 a month. And that was the minimum, which means that maybe $50 of that was going toward the premium. There was absolutely no way I was climbing out of that. There was no way. And I had a decent paying job, but, you know, unless you're some executive somewhere making hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to pull out of $650 per month on this one card was, was really, really rough. Yeah. So it sounds like you were in a position to continue making the monthly payments, but not necessarily make a dent in the debt as this was happening. Correct. There were, there, there was no dent. (laughs) There was no dent and it was rough. It was really rough paying that 650 plus the other credit cards. And then I also, at the time, uh, went to school 
and got my bachelor's degree. So I was paying off my student loans as well. So with the student loans on top of the other four or five credit cards on top of that main credit card, pretty much my entire check was going toward bills. Yeah, because that's interesting because you you described that first Christmas, you know, your Santa Claus making it rain with all the all the gifts there, right? right. Um, or snow, I guess, right? Um, <laughs> but how, how did that, how did your spending patterns change throughout your 20s, early 30s as the debt was accumulating? Did that change or was that kind of more the same? It, it, okay, so me coming up, my mother who had a very strong handle on money realized because she went to nursing school. So while she was in nursing school, it was pretty much, she sat me down and let me know, look, I'm, I'm in school right now. So any extra things, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to buy, you know, so I, I, I had a handle on that, but uh, my godfather, my, my best friend's father, they were always going places. So he kind of took me under his wing and he would take me and he, my mother would give him what she could and he would pay the rest. And so that kind of, I, I remembered that. So it made me want to do that for other young men who were less fortunate. Um, I have three God brothers and three God sisters. They're all biological brothers and sisters, but they're really, really close to me. And uh, their parents at the time were going through a divorce. So I took them under my wing, especially the boys. And I would pretty much pay for them to do any and everything. Anytime we would go to the movies, out to eat. So most of my money, when I look back on that, almost $50,000 worth of credit card debt total, I didn't have anything to show for it. I couldn't say, well, I bought a house or I bought a car or whatever. It was mostly on, you know, going out, hanging out, just having fun, going to restaurants, going to the movies, uh, you know, taking small trips or whatnot. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of like a, you know, me, me being blessed the way I was by my godfather made me want to bless others and do the same thing for them. But at some point you do have to understand and realize, and, and don't get me wrong, those who I was helping never asked for help. This was just something that I wanted to do. But when it gets to the point where helping someone else is hurting you, then you need to reevaluate. You know, when you're on an airplane, um, they, they go through the little safety procedures at the beginning. They always say, yeah, when that air oxygen mask drops down, you have to put that on you first before you can help anyone else because you could die trying to help someone else. And it would be better, you know, if you were able to live, then you could probably help more people. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so in the midst of this, I think the debt was still accumulating as I understand it. You, I understand overheard a conversation uh, from two coworkers talking about green path and you didn't initially reach out. So I was just curious, what was your thought process at the time as you heard about green path? Yeah. So remember I said, you know, I felt like I could handle it. And I think that was one of my biggest downfalls you know, trying to be the Lone Ranger, right? But when you look back, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? So, so everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs some type of help. So when I heard them talking, it was uh, Andre was talking to uh, MJ about Green Path. And MJ was 
uh, with a young lady at the time. And she was like, look, I, you know, I can't go into this relationship with you having this credit card debt. So he got on the program. And so I heard them talking about it. I asked a few questions, but honestly, I wasn't buying it. I was like, I don't need Green Path. I have Lavelle. I can do this on my own. You know, all I need to do is set aside a few dollars here, pay on this card, pay on that card. And I can I can do this. I can knock this out. And this was in I believe it was in 2012 when they had this conversation. And again, I didn't buy it. As two years passed by, I didn't even really think much more about it, except for the fact that I now was at the point where I realized I could not do it. I was now at that point where it was just like, I, I cannot do this on my own. I need some help. And then I remembered this program called Green Path. So I went to MJ, the guy who went through the program, and I asked him, I said, how is that going? And he said, oh, I'm done. My, my credit cards are paid off. And I said, give me the number. Give me the number now. And I remember I took down the number and I don't know, a few days or so later, I called and uh, I talked to a representative at Green Path and he was very, very nice, very open, very uh, uh, hospitable. And I held him because I had a lot of questions and we were on the phone for over two hours and he was just kind of letting me know. And by, by the time he finished explaining everything to me, I, I, I literally thought to myself, I would be a fool not to do this. Yeah. So, so that was going to be my next question, you know, share more about your experience talking to Green Path. So it sounds like going in, there was a lot of, of questions and kind of wanting to understand, uh, I guess, not only how a payment plan would work, but was there other parts of your conversation? Did you review things like your budget or your other goals? How did the, the full conversation kind of play out? Yeah. So he he asked me, he said, I'm, I'm going to get personal with you so that I can help you. And uh, he, he asked me a lot of questions, you know, about my spending habits as far as like, you know, haircuts, uh, uh, going out to the movies. Uh, he asked, was I in a relationship? Because that would be important, you know, and at the time I wasn't. So uh, that was actually quite helpful. <laughs> and um, he, you know, he asked about my student loans and, you know, how much those payments were. And he asked a lot of questions, but but I knew he was asking them to help. He was putting everything into his computer to to create a full budget, something that I had never done. I had never actually sat down and budgeted before. So him creating this budget really was able, and, and the purpose was so that he could tell me pretty much how much I could afford to pay on the cards. And that's what Green Path does with the credit card company. They negotiate to get your interest rate down and also negotiate to see what would a fair payment be where it's not too much on me, but it's not too little where the credit card company feels like they're getting, you know, uh, pushed to the side. So it was really good. And, and I forgot to mention that the interest rate on that one credit card. Now the other credit cards were, were, were high 18, 19%, something like that, which is high. The credit card rate on that main card was about, was, a uh, it was 23 or 24%. I didn't understand that, Chris, at the time. 
when I was 18 and 19 and I got the card, I didn't know what interest rate was. I didn't know. If I had known then that I was going to have to pay back one fourth of every, I, I wouldn't have done it, you know, but I didn't understand that. And I think, you know, I, you know, they, I think they played on that, you know, honestly, just being honest, I think that they, they knew, you know, they, they, they know that teenagers, that's not the focus. The focus is, it's three weeks before Christmas. Now I have an extra thousand dollars that I can do whatever I want with. So. I'm just curious. So like, as you were explained how the debt management plan would work, and then of course you ended up enrolling in it and, and, and working through the program. Um, was there any difference in your expectations versus how it actually played out good or bad? Yes. So I remember when, when he, he contacted the credit card company and, and so I, it, it was like a roller coaster ride to be honest. So when he came back, he, he had me on hold. He called the credit card company once I said, you know, let's go ahead and do this. And uh, he, he called the credit card company and he got back with me and told me that they dropped the interest rate from 24% down to 2%, which was amazing. So now I'm on a high. I'm like, wow, from 24% down to 2%, that is amazing. But the the amount I was going to have to pay was $150 per week, which is about $600 per month. So now I dropped back down and I said, oh, man, that's a lot of money. Then I had another high because I thought I was already paying $650 on this one credit card. So paying this $600 a month it is going to I'm actually going to see a dent now that the interest rate is down to 2%. So it was a roller coaster ride, but he was very very kind and very gracious and he he took his time and he explained everything to me and that was that meant the world to me. I'm curious cuz having been in the the role of the counselor you spoke to uh, myself uh, for a number of years I know that when programs start, depending on the mix of cards and the creditors, it can take a little while, sometimes mm-hmm. a few days, but it could be a few weeks or, or longer, depending, before everything is fully set up, before the interest rates actually go down, the payments change, and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, what was that beginning period like? Was it was it anxious, kind of waiting for it, or were you, you kind of just patient and let it play out? So... I don't remember all the details. This was, you know, a few years ago, but as a matter of fact, it was in 2004. It was February, 2014 when I actually called Green Bath. And I I believe he told me that he was going to get back with me within a couple of days. So that couple of days was rough because I, I was fine until he got me excited <laughs> because now it's like, Oh man, th- this may actually happen. I may, eventually within a short amount of time not have these huge amount of bills that I'm paying so I was excited so yes I was very anxious over the couple of days that he ended up getting back with me I was I was very nervous very anxious and like I said when he when he did call back I was very like it was a roller coaster ride it was definitely a roller coaster ride 
And how did, did your spending habits end up changing at all while you were on the program or did your mindset change? <laughs> so the funny thing was once when he told when he told me and I agreed to everything, he made this statement. He said, now, you know, you'll never be able to use that card again. Just to show how. How entrenched I was in this spending, I almost canceled it. Because I still wanted to be able to use the card. But as I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This card, because of my terrible spending habits, this card has gotten me into a lot of trouble. It's probably best that I would never be able to use this card again. But initially, when he first told me that, that was almost a deal breaker. And I almost said, you know what? Let's just forget it. I apologize for wasting your time. But, you know, and I think that just shows how 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 focused I was on spending, spending, spending. But now I'm in a program now where I am spending with purpose to be able to get out of debt so that I can be able to, you know, live more freely. You know, it's, it's a it's a, a wonderful freedom, you know, to not have that type of pressure on you. As things played out and the, the debt started to get paid down through the debt management program, were there any obstacles that you overcame during that time? Well, I so I think I was just so happy to actually see that dent we talked about earlier that the obstacles were not. I, I don't really remember any major obstacles. Um, I, I was paying it. I mean, if if anything any obstacle was, you know, the fact that I was spending out this $600 a month. But then again, I was already doing that plus more. So once I calculated the $600 a month plus the other credit cards, plus the student loans, I was paying out almost $1,200 a month, you know, which was well over half of my monthly income. So things for like gas and my regular bills at home, uh, haircuts, things like that, groceries, that was was cut very, very thin. So there was definitely a lifestyle change. I wasn't able to get a haircut every week. You know, I had to do every other week. And so there were a lot of adjustments, um, which I guess you can consider those as obstacles in my mind at first. But once I got into it and got into that habit, and I remember Again, this was in February. I think I signed the contract like early March of 2014. And I remember by my birthday, which is in October, I saw a dent. I actually saw that whatever the amount was, 27, 28,000, whatever. I actually saw a dent in it. And that gave me a fresh wind. And I thought to myself, I can do this. Now I have the help. And it, it just gave me a lot of encouragement. And a question that often comes up is, even though it was you yourself that enrolled in this program, it was your debt, mm -hmm. was there any support that you received? And I don't even specifically mean financial support. I mean, even just, you know, even emotional support uh, as you started to pay down your debt. In the beginning, no, I was honestly embarrassed to tell people I was doing this. You know, I didn't want to share that I, I, I jacked up my income my finances so bad that I had to go to a debt 
relief company, right? I did not want to share that. So those first, that first year, I don't remember telling anyone, uh, not even my mother, you know, and eventually I don't remember how, but it came out. And I do remember people saying, that is really good. And it was encouraging. No one said, you had to do what? You messed up so bad that you had to actually go get a, no one said that. So everyone was very encouraged. My mother, my coworkers, uh, actually, well, I did tell my coworkers cause they, they're the ones who kind of got me into it. But, um, everyone that I ended up telling, like were, were very, very proud of me. And then I ended up meeting the young lady that I married in 2016. And to be completely honest, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, but to be completely honest, I believe the only reason she decided to marry me because she saw how hard I was working to get out of debt. I believe that was the only reason she decided to marry me, but she was very encouraging because she would come over sometimes and I would be budgeting and doing my bills. And I would be, she told me that I didn't even realize she told me later um, that she said, you were just so frustrated and, and easily irritable during the time where you were budgeting. And, you know, so you know, she, she is really good with finances. Um, she didn't have any credit card debt. She had some student loans, but no credit card debt. So she was really good, but she didn't rub that in my face. She was like very, very encouraging. And then once we got married, she even helped me to get, get rid of the other credit cards and to pay on those. So as time progressed, you paid down the debt to the point where you eventually became credit card debt free. How did that feel? Like, and I'm, I'm not just saying this as a cliche. It literally was a weight off of my shoulders. Literally. Um, you know, as, as I remember as I got close to paying off the main credit card, that was when I started adding some of the other cards on. And I started to do it all at one time, <clears throat> but I didn't. I... I did one by one. So as I was getting close to paying that main one off, I added another one on. And then once that main one was paid off, I remember that because that was the big one. And, you know, Green Path, um, they send you these uh, milestones. Right. And I remember when they sent that to me and said that that was paid off. I I, I cried. I did. I, I did. I tried to hold it in, but I really did because. Almost $30,000, that's a lot of money for one credit card. And to be able to say that that was completely gone was a relief off of my shoulders. So then I started adding the other cards on and um, adding those on. And what I, what I, I remember what I did, my, I was very tempted. I was very tempted to, to lower that amount. By this point, I had gotten used to paying the $600 per month. So I felt like if I took that back, if I lowered that amount, that I was going to do something stupid because I wasn't ready yet. So what I did was I kept adding credit cards on there and kept it at the $600 a month because by this point I had gotten used to it. I was in a certain lifestyle at this time. So I, I remember I kept it at that amount and eventually this card was paid off. So I added another one on this card was paid off, added another one on. Now I have a little story here. So when my wife and I got married in 2018, 
we went to we went on a cruise and 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 to show the the help with the budget. So, you know, I went through the Green Path program and then for our marital counseling, my pastor had us to go through the Dave Ramsey program, which was very helpful with budgeting and everything. So actually in, in 2017, I proposed to my wife in April of 2017 and we went through the course earlier that year by December of 2017, we had all of the money saved up for our honeymoon. So we didn't have to pay any extra money. Everything was paid off. So that was the power of budgeting that I learned from the gentleman at Greenpath as he was helping me budget and through the Dave Ramsey program and whatnot. And we had this, this nice budget. We had the money set aside. Honeymoon was completely paid off before we were even married. But I remember we went, we went on a cruise and then we went to um, uh, Universal Studios. When we were walking into Universal Studios, they had the people set up for credit cards. And they kind of, they waved at me and called me over. And I said, what's going on? They said, we want to give you this credit card. Um, I believe it was a $5,000 limit at the time. And they said, if you do this, we'll give you the express passes for the park for you and your wife, where you don't have to wait in line. And I told my wife, I remember, I said, excuse me. I went to the, my, my wife. I said, sweetheart, this is awesome. You know, I'm almost done paying off all my credit cards. If we get this card, we could just never use it. We can just get the card just to get the, the passes. And she was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm like, no, we can, look, we can do, I, I will not use the card. I promise. We, she was like, I don't agree with it, but if you'd like to do it, that's on you. Okay. So I went over there. I signed up. It took two minutes done. Gave me the, they mailed the credit card. And uh, they gave us the passes. We enjoyed the park, not waiting in line. I just knew I had made this awesome decision. Sure enough, about two weeks later, the credit card comes in the mail. And I tell my wife, I said, I'm going to hide this in the back room and never touch it. Something comes up. I don't remember what it was, but something happened. And I needed some money to pay off something. So now I say, you know what? I'm going to use the card. But then I'm going to pay it off quickly. Of course, that didn't happen. And I ended up getting that card raised up to almost $7,000. And my wife, I, I hate to say it, but she is one of the I told you so people. <laughs> she was like, I told you not to do it. You were not ready. <laughs> she said, you should have let me keep the card. And in retrospect, I should have. But I didn't. So... I called Green Path and I added that. That was the last card that I added on. Um, I still I think I still had one or two other cards on there and I added that card on. And then one of those cards dropped off. So now I had two. That card dropped off. And then finally, so when the pandemic hit, um, my job laid me off. So we were getting the extra money from unemployment. So by this time, I told my wife, I said, this extra money coming in, I want to pay off. So I called Greenpath and I told him, I said, I'm going to be adding more money than what I'm sending you all to pay on it. I'm actually going to be paying on it as well. And they said, OK, just let us know so we can keep a tally and keep you posted. Sure. And in I think it was in uh, May of 2020, that card 
was finally paid off and it was that was the last card finally 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 got that card paid off so as you entered the world of not having credit card debt of which sounds like you've really never been an adult uh in that right because of how early you got your first card um what were what were some of your goals what are some of your financial goals now that that you're in that place yeah so my wife and i just had a, a son he's a year old now and we honestly just want the best life for him um the neighborhood we live in is not the worst neighborhood but it's not the best neighborhood and our goal now is to move so once we were getting the extra money in, we paid off that car as well as my student loans. And we paid off most of her student loans. And uh, we're actually waiting on a, a verdict now, but we have a plan and some money set aside in case that doesn't work. Her her uh, student loans will be paid off. If that's the case, then we will be 100% completely out of debt. We'll start putting money to the side for a significant down payment on a house in a better neighborhood so they can raise our son and have another child because the house we live in now is just way too tiny. It's, it's me, my wife, our son, and our three cats, and we are walking over each other. So having another kid in this house, we cannot do. So that's our goal. We want to move to a, a bigger home and have more children. And so it sounds like this is something that you've really started to map out how how this might happen just need a few things to fall into place as you mentioned the student loans yes um as we fast forward even beyond that what are what are some of your long-term dreams well my wife loves to travel (laughs) she loves to travel so we definitely want to travel um i have my own production company uh kneel down productions my wife is an actress and i'm an actor we actually met during a play uh, that we were doing at the uh, Fisher theater here in Detroit. And uh, I proposed to her on stage uh, at the Fisher theater in front of a thousand people. It was amazing. And uh, someone asked me, they was like, well, what if she says no? I said, well, I'll act like it was a part of the play, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so definitely want to travel. And um, I want to pour into my production company, build that up. I, I did my first play uh, that I, that I actually wrote and directed back in 2015. We did it again in 2016. And um, I just want to build that so that I could do more productions and so that I can be a producer. And, you know, if someone else has a a screenplay or or a script and they want to do their play, then I can pour into that as well. So I just want to build my production company and um, travel with my wife. Amazing. Really cool. Um, what are you still uncertain about when it comes to money? I think I am still afraid that I wouldn't be able to handle credit cards. So my wife, my wife is completely, completely against any credit cards. We do have one now that we only use for traveling because if you, I work at a hotel and I don't know if, people knew this or not, but hotels, if you use a debit card at a hotel, they block out a significant amount of money on your card for about 14 days if you use your debit card. But they don't do that if you use a credit card, which I think is, you know, not good, you know. But so we we use the credit card when we travel. 
We, but my wife always makes sure that whatever the amount is going to be for the hotel room, we have that already set aside so that right after we pay the pay for the trip on the credit card, that we immediately pay that off. But I, I think if anything, my nervousness would be, am I, am I able to handle it? But I do believe that God has blessed me with a wonderfully balanced wife. You know, and I think that's the the beauty of marriage. It's like normally whatever areas I'm weak in, she's strong in. The areas she's weak in, I'm strong in. So it really, really makes a beautiful, beautiful balance. Mm. It's good. It's good. So uncertainty, but yet uh, confidence uh, as you think about that. Um, What inspired you to share your story with others? So I I remember... um, when I when I, I I was called by a young lady and she said that 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 Green Path was being uh, talked about on the news here in Detroit Channel Seven, and they wanted to interview me. I still don't know why they picked me, <laughs> but I, I was happy when 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 I was asked. I was just like you know I think at first the thought was me getting in front of people telling them I had over fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt is embarrassing, but I think. I I quickly got over that saying, if my story can help someone else, if my story can help someone else get free from the burden of debt, then I definitely want to share it. And that, and that's been my, that's been my goal. Now I I remember when I got the call to uh, be interviewed by you, I said, absolutely. It wasn't, there was no hesitation because now yes, being in debt is embarrassing, but when you look at it, there are a lot of people in debt and a lot of people that don't know how they're going to get out of debt. If, if I had heard a story like this when I was in my thirties, right at the height of having all that credit card debt, I may have joined green path faster. I may have started sooner because knowing that someone else is going through exactly what you're going through and that they're conquering it is a, is a huge, huge encouragement. Yeah. It's the exact reason why we started this podcast. So that's really cool uh, to, to hear that. Um, you've alluded to this. I, I know that talking about money is often taboo in our culture. As you described, you really didn't tell anyone other than your coworkers the first year that you were on a formal payment plan. Um, what are your thoughts on this now, both for yourself and, and for others? I, I, I say scream it to the mountains. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mind telling anyone about it. And I, like I said, I highly, highly recommend Green Path um, because it helps. And my, my advice to anyone is receive the help. Don't try to be that lone ranger that I was trying to be. Don't try to do it on your own if you can have some help. So that's my advice to anyone out there that's going through credit card debt. Receive the help. Receive the help. What advice would you have for your younger self? Mm. I would tell myself the day that credit card came in the mail, (laughs) don't even open it. But when you look back, I I think the problem was deeper than that. The problem, honestly, was with me. 
I obviously had a spending problem. If they didn't send me the credit card, most likely I would have found a way to dig myself into debt. So I would tell myself, examine yourself. Look inside and see what this issue is that you have where you always have to do for everyone else and deal with that issue face to face. You know, Michael Jackson did a song called Man in the Mirror, right? I think we need to look at ourselves sometimes and have that tough conversation. And it's not easy. It really isn't to admit that you have a problem. But that's always the first step. People who are dealing with uh, uh, alcoholism, even drug abuse, they first have to admit that they have a problem because if they don't, then they're not going to want to get they're not going to feel like they need help. I had a problem with overspending, overcompensating, taking care of everyone else around me except myself. So I would tell myself, look in the mirror. Deal with that issue at a young age, and then maybe, just maybe, you won't have these problems later in life. I'm I'm curious, like as you are on a better financial footing and taking care of yourself, um, you know, you express that it does give you and hopefully others great joy as you're um, supporting others that that might be in need or or just you know helping them to have different experiences. How do you balance that now, now that things are, are a little bit better financially, but you're still obviously trying to look out for your own needs at the same time? Yeah. So, well, it's, it's actually easy because now I have a wife and son, so they are my absolute top priority now. Um, I, I know in the uh, Dave Ramsey program, there, there's this quote um, where it says, live like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else. And I love that quote because it's like, what is this saying? It's saying live like no one else right now. In other words, when I get the call from my friends, I'm going through this debt program. I'm trying to get out of debt. My friends are calling, Hey, it's Sunday. Let's, let's go out to eat after church. Let's go. Let's go hang out Friday night. Let's go to the movies and a dinner and a movie or bowling or something. Sometimes you can't go. Sometimes you have to say, no, I'm on a budget right now. And right now that's not in my budget. All right. So yes, I have to live like no one else right now. So that later, once I'm free from all of this, once I'm completely out of debt, now I can live and give like no one else. Now I'm in the position where the oxygen mass has dropped down. I have it on myself first. I've caught my breath. Now I can help someone else. So I think that's vital is you take care of you. Get completely out of debt so that later on you can help other people. And not so much where you get back into debt. There's a balance. Wise words. I think that's a that's a great um, uh Ending for now to your story, obviously, things will continue. Uh, you guys working on student loans and all the amazing goals you talked about. Lavelle, let me just thank you so much uh, for sharing your experiences with us today. My absolute pleasure. I apologize if I got a little 
I'm a preacher. I'm a men, I'm an ordained minister. And so sometimes I, I get sometimes I get this mic in front of me and I feel like I want to preach. So <laughs> I apologize if I got a little too excitable there, but I appreciate you, Chris D, so so much. What you're doing, what Green Path has done. I truly, truly am honored to be a part of this. Let's turn to some practical tips that Lavelle's story inspired. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Omari. Thank you, Omari, for joining us again today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I know one of the points um, you wanted to, to lift up is, as we heard the beginning of Lavelle's story, initially he was resistant to uh, receiving support, whether it be uh, reaching out to uh, an organization like Green Path or, or otherwise. So I'm wondering if you could kind of speak to that yeah. and some of the things he learned as he kind of overcame that embarrassment that he initially felt. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that one of the things that is most um, present when when it comes to conversations about money is that they are oftentimes considered to be very taboo, um, which makes it harder to have meaningful dialogue where you could get some help or some useful um, tips or, or information. So one of Lavelle's biggest hurdles that he had to overcome in the beginning was recognizing the value uh, of some really seriously guided financial uh, education or access to financial education. Um, and by recognizing the stigma that comes with conversations around money, recognizing the fact that it's that it is embarrassing, and in many cases that it's a very private and intimate um, uh, subject matter, uh, he was able to overcome that, and by doing so, he sort of secured a path towards the financial freedom that he that he's enjoying now. Um, so, I mean, I definitely think that. Um, normalizing these conversations will help to destigmatize some of that um, that Lavelle experienced while seeking out the help that he eventually got. And it was an interesting juxtaposition, um, at least, you know, as Lavelle talked initially about being resistant to receiving help because so much of his life, in fact, so much of what got him into debt in the first place was him offering help even though he wasn't always in the best financial position to do so. And he brought up the concept of, is helping someone else actually hurting you? And I loved when he brought up the the airplane uh, the mask scenario of like, put the oxygen mask on yourself first so that you can help others. I, I see this happen in so many different financial scenarios. One example that I like to, to give when it comes to helping someone else hurting you is when uh, someone is faced with what they might do with limited resources. Common example is should someone divert money towards the college education of a loved one or towards their own retirement? And oftentimes the conventional wisdom is no, let's, let's pay it forward to the future generation. Let's take care of their education first. But that could be an example where helping someone could be hurting you. So imagine if you kind of sacrificed your retirement, you put all your money towards your kid's education, and then that kid, let's say, does well, goes to school, completes their degree. But now when it comes time to uh, for you to retire, you find yourself limited on funds, 
and find it difficult to afford to, you know, to, to cover your, your basic expenses. What often is going to happen in that scenario is you might actually have to go back to that very child that you've been helping and hope that they could provide financial support. Maybe you have to live with them at that point. And that's, Maybe it's okay. Maybe that's an arrangement you had with them. But of course, life gets complicated. Maybe your your child marries someone else who doesn't want mom or dad to, to live with them at this point. In Lavelle's case, putting his money towards his um, expenses first is not a selfish act. It was actually just putting himself in a more firm financial footing so that eventually he could not only thrive himself, but but be more giving of his eventual family or, or other things that he, that he cared about. One of the things that Lavelle talked about is that as he was paying down his debt, he kept his debt payments fixed. If you've ever uh, looked at your credit card statement, you'll notice there's a, a box on there that says, if you make the minimum payment, here's how long it'll take to pay it off. And you'd be shocked that it might take 20 plus years to pay it off. And one of the reasons for that is the minimum payment generally shrinks as the balance goes down. So you're never really paying off that much of the principal. In Lavelle's case, by him setting aside a fixed amount, and this is something that just structurally happens when someone's in a debt management plan, as the the balance goes down, as the interest rate charges uh, also go down because the balance is less, you're able to pay off more and more of the debt. And so making those fixed payments really ensure that the debt's going to be paid off a lot faster. I'll actually take it a step further. Oftentimes, uh, clients that we've talked to, when they finish paying off their debt through a debt management plan, will take the money that was going towards that and reallocate it towards other goals, like building up an emergency savings account. The advantage of doing that is you're already used to setting that money aside. And so because that amount's already been a habit, um, diverting that money towards savings hopefully isn't that difficult to do versus if you're just starting from a place where your budget's tight and trying to eke out all this extra money into savings, that could definitely be significantly harder. Now, as Lavelle uh, talked about, once he was out of debt, he he does have a credit card, but he's been paying it down uh, very quickly. Omar, I know you wanted to kind of speak to uh, why that could be such a, a useful way to tackle debt uh, once you're out of debt. Yeah. So um, we've talked a little bit um, about usage of credit cards in these outro sections a few times before, but I, I think it's such an important part of the, not only improving your credit, but also uh, you know maintain, maintaining a healthy financial life that it's worth talking about again. Essentially what Lavelle is doing here is taking advantage of using the credit card uh, while while removing the temptation or the pitfall of falling back into debt by verifying right away immediately that the funds that are necessary for the purchase that he just made are available and not just verifying that they're available, but also also paying it off so that he is essentially having this credit card function the same way that a debit card might, but with the added um, benefit of improving the credit in a way that the debit card does not. Um, so really, you know, we talk about this all the time, but the best use of a, of a credit card, um, in, in my opinion, and this is backed up by a lot of the research that we've done here at Greenpath, 
is to not assume that this credit card is extra money, but instead it is a convenient way to access the money that you already have, right? When we think about it in that sense, we are putting ourselves in a position to avoid building up, uh, you know, uh, mounting credit card debt totals that put us in positions where we are now struggling to pay the debt back. Uh, Lavelle is behaving in a way where he's not using the credit card unless he knows he has the funds available to pay that uh, that that statement off or that one purchase off right away, which I think is a great way to use your credit card. And it's one of the many examples of how, as the story evolved, that Lavelle is and and has gained control of his finances. And the interesting thing is, even though money is money, right, it, it seemed to open up a lot of other possibilities for him. I was wondering if you could speak to that. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, so as we find ourselves firmly cemented into adulthood, we recognize that one of our biggest stressors across all wakes of our lives oftentimes is our financial health. Um, and just like any other stressor, when you are allowing it or when, it, when you're in a position where that stress is sort of going out of control, sort of unchecked, it can really affect your life in a way uh, it can it can infect your your well being and your and your peace of mind and your your happiness negatively in a way that that goes beyond just not being able to afford things. It's always on your mind. It's always a distraction. It's always something that's eating away at you. Um, Lavelle and his experience really um, spoke to what that can do to you, what that can do for you if you do have your financial uh, health under control, or at least have a plan that's working towards that financial freedom. The weight that it that it lifts off your he even used that expression the weight being lifted off his shoulders the stress being dissipated and in his case it it helped him um, move forward healthily healthily in a relationship uh, to the to the woman that he is now married to uh, and even and credits the fact that he was um, in a journey towards uh, correcting his financial life that was one of the things that that made him an eligible bachelor in her opinion, so to speak. Um, so I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that when you are um, in a position where your financial financial wellness is under control, it can have uh, positive impacts on your life in ways that you might not expect. And in Lavelle's case, it helped him uh, move forward in his, in his social and, and relationship life, which is awesome to see. Absolutely. And it's just such a nice reminder of money is not the end all, but it could definitely be a uh, such a crucial thing in just intertwining with everything else in life that matters uh, to Absolutely. us and to others. So as always, I appreciate your insights, uh, Omari, and uh, we look forward to hearing you in the next episode. Absolutely. Likewise. Before we wrap up, I wanted to give a quick summary of what Omari and I just discussed. Number one, create a debt payment plan with fixed payments and a specific end date. Number two, if you feel a sense of shame around your finances, try to remember you are not the only one who has faced this challenge. Number three, take care of your finances first. If you are financially healthy, you are in a better position to support others. Well, we're nearly done with episode 22. We hope you were inspired by Lavelle's story. Like Lavelle, we know that many of our listeners are working with GreenPath. 
Would you be willing to share your money success story with others to help spread the news about achieving financial wellness? We're always looking for people to feature in videos, blog posts, and media interviews. Who knows, maybe you could be featured in a future episode of this podcast. To share your story, please visit www.greenpath.com slash testimonial dash submission. The link is also in our show notes. Special thanks to Hero for our theme music, which will play us out for the final time in 2021. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination. Welcome back, Hero.